society's moralities have always been significantly different from those of its governing bodies and private entities, always seeking to achieve more than what is humanly possible, virtually almost always for the wrong purpose. We've heard terrifying tales of covert trials carried out years ago under the careful eye of private agencies to only be recently known of. Today's topic is just that. While there is no definitive proof for what you're about to hear, it's speculation taken from personal accounts. Now, I've only ever issued a warning once on this show. It will happen again today. Warning. What you're going to hear will be disturbing and could trigger some listeners. With that said, let's begin today's journey into the immoral world of Project MKUltra and Project Monarch. Project MKUltra. This program was designed by the CIA, Central Intelligence Agency, to develop procedures of brainwashing and psychological torture, and it began in 1953 with its rumored halt in 1973. But let's find out more about what it entails. The Project MKUltra is tied I suppose to Project Monarch. Project Monarch, I believe, is claimed to be the successor to Project MKUltra. MKUltra was a, a mind control experiment that was discovered when the Senate was doing an investigation of the CIA over the CIA's reading of people's mail and spying on civilians and that sort of thing. Pretty much the Patriot Act, but back in the 70s and they were doing it illegally. They did an investigation and they found that the CIA was doing a whole bunch of other things besides spying on the public. It came to light what MKUltra was then, and then Project Monarch is supposedly what they did afterwards with the knowledge that they gained from researching mind control. Mm -hmm. It was a sub-project that came out of MKUltra. In fact, MKUltra is a umbrella for a whole bunch of different types of mind control. So, we have done in the past a podcast on MKUltra. And if you're a longtime listener and you remember it, after digging into the CIA's reading of mail and doing illegal spying, the group that was investigating, known as the Church Commission, named after the person who was heading it, Senator Frank Church, they discovered a bit of Project MKUltra and 
what came to light is all the documents around MKUltra were supposed to be destroyed. All evidence about it was supposed to be destroyed, but there was a collection of documents that were missed. And then later when this investigation was happening, they were found in a place where they had been inappropriately stored. And that's why they were missed in the destruction of MKUltra. But the documents that were found were not the actual project did not actually talk about the purpose or the goals or a lot of the results mostly what was found was financial documents about you know the funding and what the, what the funding was going to how it was being allocated and from that they were able to discover that there was few different sections that funding for project monarch was going into the idea they can gather from what they did as opposed to what the stated goals of MKUltra were destroyed a long time ago. But looking at what the tests that were being performed, they assume what was going on is the CIA was looking for a way to get people to be able to be interrogated under LSD. LSD was the main drug that was being used. And they had a few different ways of going about this. They would go into psychiatric wards and find people who were mentally disturbed and they would dose them up on LSD and conduct interrogations on them and see if they could get it to be a little bit like a truce serum. They would also, I suppose, try and do suggestions where they'd put people under a bunch of LSD and then try and suggest them to go and do something. They also did memory wiping, behavioral changes, that sort of thing. They did it with combinations of things. So one of the things that they would do is they'd put the somebody on a test on like a polygraph and have them see if they could get the truce out of somebody on a polygraph and then they'd put them on LSD and see if that would enhance the polygraph. They wanted to pick people who were unwilling because they wanted to pick somebody who would be like a spy that they had caught and were now interrogating. They would pick unwilling people just as a spy would be unwilling. And they would pick people who would not be likely to go f look for help would not report it so one of the things that they did was they opened up a bunch of brothels and they would get people men come into to these brothels as customers and then they would run the experiment on them in the brothel and the idea was the unwilling participants would be too embarrassed about the interaction to go ask for help because they were ashamed of what they were doing in the whole thing so they would just try to forget the whole experiment once it was over if this happened in a brothel it must have only happened like what in nevada uh actually i don't think it happened just in nevada i think they did a bunch of illegal brothels they also would fund medical institutions there was several medical wings that were put on campuses and that sort of thing new buildings that were being constructed the cia would fund research projects on campuses but they would keep it secret that it wasn't funding from the cia they would pose as other groups and then they would do a lot of their funding and the research on a campus and then they would spread drugs across the campus out of this place that was built there they started the lsd movement really lsd was not a common drug that you could get a hold of but when they started project mk ultra they went out and they found all the mushrooms that 
LSD comes from, and they went and grew tons of it. And you could only find these mushrooms previously in like a small place in Central America or something. And now you can find those mushrooms everywhere because the CIA went, collected the spores, and they went, grew tons of mushrooms. And then those mushrooms got put onto campuses and then they were shared around. And now we're a wide crop that can be found anywhere. So. They were trying to figure out how do we get a lot of people on LSD in a short period of time? Can we make LSD bombs? That sort of thing. They had a few looks into how can they put large groups of people in LSD trances in a short period of time. How can we change the way that people act, behave as communities? Then how can we hit huge communities with this drug in an efficient manner? They were definitely going for something big there. But we don't know what they were going after because they've destroyed all of those documents. When it was brought into investigation, people were asking questions about MKUltra. There was a lot of people who were working on the project MKUltra who were, had retired. And then when they went and found the people who were retired from the CIA and said, Hey, you worked on this project. You were the head of this project. What can you tell me about it? We're missing all these documents that were destroyed. What did they say? And the answer was, oh, I don't remember. It was, you know, that was a long time ago, 20 years. I can't remember projects I was working on 20 years ago. Right. How could you forget a project like this? The church commission, I would say, did not go far enough in looking into the CIA, even though it is the largest investigation of the CIA to date. There was a reporter who at one time was a informant for the CIA, and he said that, yeah, they missed a lot. They didn't go very deep. They concentrated on the wrong stuff, and they missed the whole point of it and he said one of the big things is they redacted the church investigation discovered things and then redacted it from being published he said what they redacted was things that alluded to project mockingbird and this carl bernstein guy who said that he was a reporter and he was actually part of project mockingbird so mockingbird is where the cia would try and shift the narratives in the media by controlling the media pretty much you know that the media gets their talking points from the cia the cia goes to them and says, right. hey, talk about this and this bernstein fella was part of that on the media side he said oh yeah clearly this church investigation is covering up this bit about mockingbird which tells you that mockingbird was probably still going on Frank Church, when he was drawing to the end of it he said this little piece that i want to read for you in the need to develop a capacity to know what potential enemies are doing, the, the United States government has perfected a technology that enables us to monitor the messages that go through the air. It is necessary and important that the United States look at enemies abroad or potential enemies. We must know at the same time that the capacity could be turned around against the U.S. people and that no American would have any privacy left. Such capacity to monitor everything from conversations to telephones to telegrams, it doesn't matter. There would be no hiding place. If this government became tyrannical, a dictator could take control of this technology and that the intelligence community as given to the government would enable it to impose total tyranny and there'd be no way to fight back against it because the most careful effort to combine together in res resistance to the government, the government's reach to know, such as the capability of this technology. I don't ever want to see this country go across the bridge. I know the capacity that there is to make total tyranny in the U.S. 
And we must see to it that this agency and all agencies that possess technology to operate within the law and under proper supervision so that we never cross over the abyss that is the abyss from which there is no return. I mean, that sounds a whole lot like China right now, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, it does. China went through a little bit of a protest. They went through protests recently, and that's a really dangerous thing to do in a totalitarian country. And you know that a lot of people lost a good portion of their social credit score in that. And I'm thinking, oh man, if only Frank Church knew about social credit score in the 70s. That's MK Ultra in a nutshell. And I could probably spend all day talking about that, but I need to move along. So I want to introduce one more thing before we get into Project Monarch. A woman by the name of Candy Jones. That is her stage name, I suppose. Her real name is Jessica Arlene Wilcox. Arlene is her middle name, her real middle name. She was a model back in the 50s or something. The important thing to know about her is she was raised in a abusive family and she developed a imaginary friend named Arlene, which is her middle name, to help her cope with the abuse that she suffered as a child. After she became a successful model, she married a fella and he disappeared and was not very friendly, very angry man. After a while, she decided that she was going to divorce him after he just kind of disappeared for a year or two. And then he came back and she divorced him and then she was broke and she married a second guy. Now, I'm sure a few of you have heard of this fella. It's Long John Nibel. Nibel was the pioneer, pretty much, of nighttime conspiracy radio. He was like the original Red Eye Radio. They put him on at 5 a.m. because they were thinking, well, nobody's going to listen to this guy, but he really wants a show. Maybe it'll work. We'll just give him like this little thing. He'll go away. But he was very popular to their surprise. So he started that. This Candy Jones model married this nibble. And he discovered that Candy Jones was a fairly troubled person, having been through an abusive marriage and an abusive childhood. And he said that she would take on a second personality every now and then. And he went in and put her under hypnosis. He discovered when he put her under hypnosis that she was a secret agent as well, that she worked for the FBI in the 60s, which was the time at which MKUltra was going on. Though, do keep in mind, when he was doing this interrogation under hypnosis, MKUltra had not come out yet. It had still been, it was still a CIA covered up secret. So he had never heard of MKUltra, but he discovered that she was a government agent. After investigating her, he discovered that this imaginary friend that she had when she was a child to help cope with the trauma of her childhood, Arlene, the FBI had taken that and groomed it and turned that into her alter identity and that under some sort of a mind control program, she had been trained that she would be a super spy or something and do missions and then she wouldn't remember them. That all they would do is they would awaken this Arlene spy, kind of like a, a sleeper agent. She'd go do her job and then she would forget about Arlene and she'd switch back to being Candy Jones. And she wouldn't remember the missions that she did 
as Arlene. Mm -hmm. But her missions weren't all that particularly special. She did things like ferry around letters, was part of a mission to free prisoners of war from Vietnam and that sort of thing. So it wasn't like she was penetrating deep into the depths of the Soviet government or anything. In a lot of ways, she was a spy logistics. She had a passport that was for Arlene, but she had no memory of creating this passport. There was pictures of her wearing a disguise, and she's never remembered even putting on those disguises. There was a doctor that she would go and visit, and she'd have no memory of visiting that doctor, but the doctor would have memories of her coming visiting him. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Project Monarch. Project Monarch is a continuation of the program MKUltra, as Conrad alluded to in the first half of the show. An alleged government operation called Project Monarch sought to produce mind-control slaves for the use of spies, assassins, carriers, and, well, prostitution. Monarchs carry out their duties and are therefore completely unaware of what they did. Reportedly, allegedly, almost 2 million Americans are subject to mind-control currently. Monarch slaves are abducted as newborns and subject to traumatic experience such as electroshock therapy, drugs, sexual assault, mind games, and hypnosis in order to divide their personalities into two and cope with the suffering. The victims imagine that they are being tortured and that their mind is splitting apart. Then, each personality is trained and programmed to carry out particular jobs and missions. A dangerous assassin skilled in martial arts, explosives, and weapons is one possible alter. Another, a messenger with a naive appearance, carries out messages really to anybody. This is Hollywood insiders, this is mob bosses, this is world leaders, puppet dictators, etc. Now, the host primary or front personality is unaware of how alters carry out their tasks. Each alter is completely unconscious of the existence of the others due to the amnesia wall that the trauma constructs between the various identities. But I want to go back a little bit. How did Project Monarch come to be? Well, the Naval Intelligence and the Army Chemical Corps started working on mind control techniques after World War II broke out. The OSS, the predecessor of the CIA, tested many marijuana strains in order to create a potent truth serum. 
host Eric here. Project Chatter was started by Naval Intelligence in 1947 to investigate the effectiveness of various medications during interrogations. With the establishment of Operation Bluebird, the CIA entered the mind control arena in 1950. Former Naval Intelligence Officer Morris Allen served as the program's director. The program initially investigated the use of hypnosis and sleep induction for intelligence gathering from foreign agents and information protection from the enemies using comparable techniques. And due to security concerns, Bluebird was renamed Artichoke in the summer of 1951 because many contractors who were no longer involved with the program had left and still knew of the prior project. All right, let's get back into the conversation. In 1953, Alan Dooley's authorized MKUltra, an umbrella program which would eventually grow to encompass 149 sub-projects. Project Artichoke continued to operate in parallel with MKUltra for a few more years, which after Project Artichoke, it evolved into Project Monarch. Now, they use Greek letter names for major program levels, but these might differ for every programmer or for every individual mind-controlled slave. Now, Alpha is general programming. This is the first programming put in. It includes giving slaves a photographic memory that records everything every author sees or hears. Beta is sexual programming. These alters are instructed in the art of seduction and sexual pleasures. Betas take part in ritual sex. Acting and directing uh, CP. I think everybody knows what I mean when I say CP. And prostitution. Those trained as sex kittens often see themselves as cats. Delta. Delta is assassination programming. Alters are trained in the art of combat, assassination, and espionage. Gamma is deception programming. These alters are trained as deceivers. They spread disinformation and are able to throw a therapist off track. Omega is suicide programming. Now, alters programmed for self-destruction. That's pretty much all I could find on that. That one was pretty vague. Hmm. Now, um, could you, I guess, multi-train some of these so you could have someone? Yes. Who, okay. So that would make sense. I'm a lot of these one... mind-controlled slaves will start always with Alpha. And depending on what their specialty is after that, what CIA or whatever three-letter agency wants to mm -hmm. use them for, then they'll train them in either beta or delta or gamma or whatever they need them for specifically so they always yeah. have at least two training alter egos yeah i imagine that the self-destruct training would not be something that that would be your only thing you'd likely have right i'm assuming delta the assassination or in there or something else sure well. if they got caught in a task that they were programmed to do i guess then their omega suicide programming will kick in I'm assuming yeah. that's how that would work. But there's one more, and it's the Thelta. Is psychic killer programming. Now, psychic assassins are able to cause aneurysms from anywhere at any time. They telepathically communicate with an entity only known to them as mother. So they create aneurysms in a target, and then they also can communicate with a third party known as mother. I'm assuming who gives them direction. 
Okay, so yeah, mother may give them targets or right. training or whatever, communications, relay, or something. But they're not giving themselves aneurysms no. or the mother aneurysms. They have a target which gets the it, aneurysms. It's always the target. Now, monarch victims frequently point to Walt Disney, either the man, the studio, and the theme parks, as an important component of the government's mind control program. Now, electroshock and the images from Fantasia are used by programmers to create split personalities or sonas for programming. Program managers collaborate with Walt Disney to design his theme parks to include facilities for mind control programming because they knew that drawing visitors from all over the world to military sites would eventually raise suspicions. Uh, that also makes a whole lot of sense because, you know, the CIA creates in Project MK Ultra, they made the university hits to have little bitty medical wings mm -hmm. where they do research like that. Now, several of the rides are made to traumatize young children to be used for mind control. The Wizard of Oz by MGM and Alice in Wonderland by Disney are two of the Monarch programmers' favorites. In Wizard of Oz programming, victims are instructed to travel over the rainbow, and there is no place like home, or go through the looking glass in order to reach a safe location. Follow the White Rabbit or Follow the Yellow Brick Road are clues to carry out the programmer's instructions. Illuminati programmers designed Star Wars for use in trauma-based mind control programming. Now, I'm going to briefly talk about psychology professor George H. Estabrooks. Now, he was one of the early proponents of hypnosis. In 1943, he wrote Hypnotism, in which he dedicated a chapter to the discussion of the use of hypnotism in warfare. Following the outbreak of World War II, Estabrooks was called to Washington by the War Department. And in March 1952, the CIA also took notice of Estabrooks' book and cited some passages in a memo. This is what the memo said. I can hypnotize a man without his knowledge or consent into committing treason against the United States. I can do it. So could psychologists of other nations in the event of another war can. End quote. On June 22, 1954, Estabrooks wrote a proposal to the CIA entitled The Military Application of Hypnosis. Although Estabrook's name is blacked out, it's easy enough to compare his writing style to other letters of his in 1971. And this is just, again, this is just a few of the quotes that, you know, I was able to find online. In deep hypnosis, the subject, military or civilian, can be given a message to be delivered to, say, Colonial X in Berlin. The subject may be sent to Berlin on any perfectly routine assignment the message will be perfectly safe because a the subject will have no memory whatsoever in the waking state as to the nature and contents of the message b it can be arranged that the subject will have no knowledge of ever having been hypnotized and finally c it can be arranged that no one besides colonial x in berlin can hypnotize the subject and recover the message End quote. 
So how does that work? Since is it because there's like a Pipnos password or something? Like there's a special word Your you have to say. Your guess to is as good as mine, Conrad. I don't yeah. know how any of this works. It's all shrouded in mystery. We only know a few pieces of the puzzle. Now let's talk about Kathy O'Brien, the first victim of trauma-based mind control to mention Project Monarch a CIA program in which separated personas were trained to carry out various duties like espionage, drug smuggling, message delivery, and prostitution. They collaborated with Satanists, drug lords, and a worldwide pedophilia ring. She is Project Monarch's most well-known victim. Since O'Brien was born in 1957, at the age of six, her father and uncles began to abuse her physically and sexually. Her father sold her to the CIA in exchange for being absolved of any wrongdoing after they were discovered in 1964 of creating and distributing CP over the mail for their top secret project, Monarch. The agency was seeking participants from families with multiple generations of incestual relationships. Her father attended a two-week intensive seminar on traumatized monarch children at Harvard to learn how to raise them. Kathy received Wizard of Oz programming, which also gave her a photographic memory and a 44-fold increase in visual acuity. She produced the instructional videos of how to split a personality and how to make a sex slave for the NASA mind control program, though this was never demonstrated. Her sexuality had been improved, and she had been found appropriate to serve as a presidential model, a highly sought-after prostitute, and a messenger for the most powerful individuals in the world. Gerald Ford was reportedly her first handler, but many others followed, including the likes of Dick Cheney, Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, George H.W. Bush, and many others, including professional baseball players and country music stars, they all had access to her sexual personalities. It wasn't until 1988 that she was rescued by her husband, Mark Phillips. The pair escaped to Alaska, where Phillips, a world-renowned expert in mind control and deprogramming, started the monumental process of deprogramming her. The existence of a above-top-secret laboratory beneath a lake in Walt Disney World is one of Phillips' several claims. Additionally, he claimed to have employed a device that would quickly make anybody visiting his home forget what they were doing. Also, Phillips alleges that while working as a contractor for the NASA in 1960 through 1970, he had access to Project Monarch's materials. Alternatively, he acknowledged inventing the Project Monarch cipher to see if anyone would be able to use it. The pair claimed that after the House Parliament Selection Committee on Intelligence allegedly declined to hear O'Brien's evidence, and as a result, the government suppressed her for national security purposes. However, unfazed by this, the pair gathered their testimonies and turned it into a book entitled Trance, Creation of America in 1995, which they self-published to preserve the information. Currently, O'Brien is now a totally healed U.S. government White House Pentagon-level mind control survivor. She has been quoted as saying, 
that this program is an altogether cult with its top priority to mind control methods. Bryce Taylor. Now, there's a lot of things that happened between Kathy O'Brien, Mark Phillips, and Bryce Taylor. Apparently, at one point, Bryce Taylor lived with Kathy O'Brien and her husband. I don't know the full details, so look out for a part two because there is just so much information. Now, Bryce Taylor was a high-level monarch mind control sex slave. She was a presidential model sex slave spy as well as a carrier between world leaders. Taylor was sexually and physically abused soon after her birth by her father grandfather in a shack located behind the family home. She began doing CP at the age of two and participated in torturous rituals and orgies. There's no easy way to say any of this. Her father used Wizard of Oz and Disney films to program her. She would forget everything when she heard there's no place like home. Mm-hmm. She was also used to kidnap other children who were lured into black cars, then used in CP or rituals, and then immediately killed. The following segment are just theories, not our conclusive thoughts on the matter, just theories. Look out for a part two. So I have a couple theories. Okay. I don't know if Candy Jones was part of this thing with O'Brien or not. So I don't know. Maybe Candy was in with... It sounds like she was a precursor that led to this. Yeah. But, so I have a theory. Perhaps things be... Because there's a lot of things that O'Brien claims which are a little bit extreme. But then, I don't know, with the recent allegations around, what's his name? Epstein, yeah. Epstein's black book and being full of all these famous people. I mean, it kind of makes sense, but I don't know if Epstein at all had any mind control. So what I wonder is if it is connected with, you know, the same thing as Epstein, why would it be that Epstein didn't use mind control? Or did Epstein use mind control and we just haven't heard about it? And then why would somebody go to Epstein who doesn't have mind-controlled people when there's a different CIA group that does have mind-controlled people? Because you would think that the mind-controlled results would be safer than going to Epstein to do your dirty work and all of that sort of thing. Because, you know, he doesn't have the mind-controlled people. He doesn't have as much control. There's more of a chance for leaks and that sort of thing. I don't know. So perhaps just uh, when was this that O'Brien said these experiments were happening? About what years? I mean, she couldn't give exact dates, but is there like a time period? Like the 70s, 60s? For Kathy O'Brien? Yeah. I'm sure she does give time dates in her book. I am not done reading her book. That's why I said wait for Mm -hmm. a part two. uh, Because there's a lot more information. Because what I'm wondering is maybe these handlers that were presidents, because it's weird that she would go from president to president to president, because it was like from Gerald Ford to W.H. Bush. And so that gives us a little time frame there. But it'd be mm. weird this, the, the same person would be passed from president to president to president. What I'm wondering is maybe she was a, these are false memories that have been implanted through the Wizard of Oz indoctrination thing where she believes that this sort of thing happened to her. Or maybe it did happen to her, but it wasn't the presidents. And then they do the mind altering thing. So she believed that the people who did harm her were the presidents and they are creating O'Brien to be some sort of a person who would bring allegations in case they ever needed to take down a president. 
But like I yeah. said, there is so much information, and a lot of it's very disturbing. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that makes it a bit out there, is there's all these crazy horrible things that are going on in her stories and so people say well yeah that that's a big accusation and big accusations require lots of evidence i mean you can't just say these sort of things right on one hand you don't want to dismiss her because you know of things like this that actually do happen we just don't know if it's exactly how she's saying it right and that's why project monarch and that's why I wanted to start with Candy Jones, because Candy Jones is a little bit more on the, the tame side. <laughs> it, it, so you can kind of look at it and go, yeah, I mean, maybe that this one's true. Or, and then I don't want to completely discredit O'Brien. I don't believe everything O'Brien says, but maybe there's some truths in there and maybe her memory's off or maybe she's been through so much mental anguish that she doesn't remember things the way that they actually happened. That was my theory that I previously mm. expressed but i wouldn't want to throw out everything because we know that mk ultra exists we know for sure that happened and we do know that it led to other projects and the thing is mk ultra is crazy if you stop and think about that for a minute that is crazy stuff so to say that you go the next step and say they actually created something with it like candy owens who had some who somebody who had trauma in their childhood had trauma in their first marriage and then later came out with a fairly plausible story that does tie up with mk ultra before mk ultra became public i mean that does have a lot of credibility so I'm not trying to completely discredit uh, o'brien with this so by putting candy as the you know the first example uh, i would say that because there's a lot of parallels between candy jones and o'brien right oh yeah and the thing about it is there are other female victims that kind of came out her name is cisco wheeler now cisco wheeler was born into one of the multi-generational satanic families of the illuminati now you can look up cisco wheeler her name might be linda johnson or it could be linda anderson But she was the subject to trauma while she was still in her mother's womb and became the subject of the CIA's project Monarch, who, in addition to the usual spy carrier prostitution training, wished to turn her into one of the three Mothers of Darkness. Now, these Mothers of Darkness women were destined to become Brides of Lucifer. So there's this whole other level of Project Monarch that we have not gotten into yet. But we will, I promise. There will be a part two because there's a lot of stuff, a lot more stuff to cover on this. Mm -hmm. Well, I suppose that will conclude today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to email me or Conrad, you can do so at bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. That will be all one word, bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. I will also leave a link in the description. I'll also leave links to some of the sources that I was reading from. Now I even throw in some MK Ultra sources for you to read if you so choose to do so. Final conclusions, Conrad? Well, I would say I don't really have any final conclusions, but I will have one little final thing to say. In doing research for this project, I used the Wayback Machine quite frequently, and uh, I would just mm. like to put a little thing out there that if uh, you use the Wayback Machine or know of it, maybe consider giving them 
a small donation. I gave them a little bit of donation this time because I'm like, yeah, I forget about the Wayback Machine as a potential thing that I could give to all the time. But when sure. I use it, boy, I'm so glad they exist. It's such a useful resource. <laughs> Um, so, mm. uh, just a big shout out to the Wayback Machine. You guys are great. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And as always, we will catch you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.